Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer, powered by The Juice. I'm Jonathan Gandalf, your show host and founder and CEO of The Juice, where we power modern day marketers and their content distribution efforts. I'm thrilled to be joined by Greg Wise today. Greg is the co-founder and chief customer officer at OneScreen.ai. OneScreen.ai helps marketers select, purchase, and I think most importantly, measure out-of-home advertising, which I'm excited to talk about. They do this in the way that performance marketers would expect. Uh, I'm excited to geek out over this. Uh, I'm a big fan of B2B marketing, obviously, but out-of-home advertising, um, I think, is something that's underutilized by B2B marketers. So really looking forward to the conversation. But first, Greg, welcome to the show. Why don't I stop rambling, uh, let you introduce yourself and share a little bit more about your background and a little bit about OneScreen.ai. Sure. Uh, and I appreciate you all having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I do want to just quickly give a shout out. Happy Valentine's Day uh, to everyone listening and specifically to my wife, Paula. Happy Valentine's Day. Wow. Brownie points right off, get, the, right off the bat. I love we'll, that. We'll hopefully earn some points there. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we all know I need it. And uh, Jonathan, I appreciate it. So I am one of the founders here at OneScreen. My background is as follows. Uh, I was an early stage employee at HubSpot. I helped build and grow and really found the e-commerce team there. So it was sort of a startup within the startup. And this is, you know, over a decade ago. That's actually where I met my two co-founders that helped me build and start OneScreen. And I will tell you that I'll start with the problem, which is digital marketing is a little bit different these days. And that playbook that we've all come to know, love, and practice over the past decade, very performance-driven, isn't as effective, and it's changing. We noticed that. We saw the writing on the wall in, in 2020, uh, and we said there's going to be a shift to how marketers, performance-oriented marketers, uh, are going to have to spend their ad dollars. And we looked at this medium as an opportunity in one of those channels that will be tested and that will grow. It was also one of the only ad mediums that was still actually growing. So all of those things were really interesting to us, but we needed to modernize it because it is the oldest medium that we have, ad medium, on the planet. And that means there's a, there's a lot of inefficiencies. So if we're trying to take all these marketers, these digital marketers, and these savvy, you know, measurement-driven folks to this world of out-of-home, we had to modernize it in a way that uh, was familiar and comfortable for them. So that's essentially what we've done. We've just created a platform to make out-of-home approachable, essentially making the buying process, the selection of inventory, and the measurement uh, of out-of-home much more efficient. And there's data to help us find the right inventory to reach your audience, as well as the ability to actually measure the efficacy of out-of-home, which has never been possible before. That's awesome. I I love the idea of starting with a problem. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, builders, entrepreneurs have a solution to a problem that might not need solved, or they don't even know the problem that they're solving, but they fall in love with the solution instead of the problem. So I think that's really powerful. Why? So you mentioned kind of the, the performance marketer and B2B specifically wanting to measure everything and the inherent inability to measure out of home advertising. But do you think that's the sole reason that B2B and out-of-home advertising kind of, or, or maybe why B2B marketers haven't used out-of-home advertising the same way B2C marketers or, or other marketers use out-of-home advertising? Yeah, I think that they haven't had to. First of all, I think a lot of these other sort of digitally native uh, marketing approaches have worked. There's been a formula. 
there's been a formula that 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 has worked. It's been a dollar in and two dollars and fifty cents out, and we can sort of manipulate and play with those numbers as we go. Marketing had become, in my opinion, quite frankly, a finance position, and so I think that now a lot of those tactics are more challenging, and other channels will have to be tested. Out of home happens to typically be something that is maybe brought up in an executive meeting, in a board meeting, maybe by some of your peers. One of the other reasons that other folks have not maybe experimented or done out of home consistently is because there's not much information on it. There's not much education on it. That was one of the other things that we realized ourselves in 2020, which was, why don't we know anything about this? It's such a dynamic and uh, important channel and it works, okay, number one, and we can talk about that, like it's a powerful channel. How come we didn't know anything about it? Our colleagues, some pretty sophisticated world-class marketers, how come they didn't know anything about it? There's an opportunity there. So we have to educate people. It's not a, It's not your fault, you as in B2B marketer who's never done this, that you don't know how to buy a billboard or you don't know how much a billboard in Boston costs. You shouldn't know that. And by the way, it's not actually easy to go find that answer. So yeah, part of our responsibility, in my opinion, is education. How to do it the right way. That's really cool. I, uh, You and I have talked a little bit separately. I, I spent an accidental part of my career uh, in a B2C industry that was beer. And I, I was the marketer. And I was like, oh, we should buy some billboards. And it was very... You're, you're right. I had no idea how to do that. You know, started with Google, ended up on a website. Uh, and it was, it, we ended up doing it often and it ended up being honestly quite fun. Like you guys, it's kind of addicting to like, you know, think about like, put yourself in your, your consumer shoes and think about where they're going. And there is like a romantic fitting on Valentine's Day reaction to seeing your brand on a billboard. But we always, the, the results we ever got were how many estimated impressions you got on that billboard. And we just kind of accepted that. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's why I've loved learning about one screen because the, the way you guys go about the actual measurement being very real and beyond just impressions is really impressive. Yeah. So you brought up a bunch of great points. And, you know, number one is the idea of, it's, it's kind of almost like a forcing function for marketers. I talked a little bit before about, you know, marketers have really become very numbers driven. And it's really shifted away from some of the creativity that to me really makes is is, is the core of what marketing can and should be. Uh, what is that creativity? And it forces you and the brand and your team to think about what will resonate with consumers. And the physical and real world experience is really what does resonate. And if you think about your experiences and memories just as a human being, it's all coming from the real world. Mm. And that's that's a little bit of the shift here is being able to build that community and trust and to a digitally exhausted audience. That's really what it is, but it's not it's doing it in a very data-driven way, right? And you mentioned just on the back end in terms of measurement, that's where hey, impressions that's kind of like the way out of home is or has been measured. So Jonathan, you guys bought a couple of billboards and maybe each of those billboards generated a million impressions each for four weeks. And at the end of the campaign, you're told that you got 2 million impressions for both of those billboards. How is that meaningful for my business? What does that mm -hmm. actually mean? 
So number one, we want to take a step further in just the planning process. So who is your audience, right? Who is it that you're trying to actually communicate to? We want to understand not only just their demographic, you know, basic info like household income and gender and age. We also want to understand their consumer behavior, right? So we we actually implement overlaid data to understand, are they beer drinkers? Uh, are they wine drinkers? Do they actually, have they visited a liquor store in the past seven days? What bars and restaurants are they frequenting? Also along with household income, profession, and age, right? That helps to understand, well, what billboards should you actually buy? Like how should you be, or how, how can you be the best stewards of the investment and eliminate wasted impressions, right? That's number one. Number two, at the end of the campaign, depending on what you're looking to achieve, like what your business objective was. So if you're a business that sells strictly e-commerce, if you're a business that sells through retailers, or if you have a physical location, uh, like a brewery or, you know, or other a clothing store, or you're a B2B company and you want to generate leads online, we want to be able to tell you how each billboard or bus shelter or digital urban panel actually drove specific website visits and specific web conversions or foot traffic to a specific location and literally break that down by format and by location. The reason is to number one, understand the efficacy of a campaign. And we can get back to that. Number two, learnings. There's no marketer out there that will disagree that getting learnings from your campaigns is not important, right? And there's a reason why people love online marketing and digital marketing, because you can optimize, you can learn quickly, and you can keep iterating. That hasn't been possible on out of home either. So why not be able to actually know what worked, what didn't in one campaign, and then optimize that going forward? How? Why is out of home different? So we wanted to change that. That's so cool. You guys just published a piece of content that we'll link in the show notes called Nine Priorities for the Modern Marketer in 2024. The very first point, we're just, I'm not going to spoil all nine points, but <laughs> the very first point I think we've hit on a few times already, but maybe not explicitly, is striking the right balance between brand and demand generation. And I think that's like a marketing struggle as old as time, right? Like, is brand generating demand? Is demand generation? impacting brand. How do you all encourage your uh, customers, your community to think about, you know, to me out of home almost feels like, especially the way you all are measuring it, like this perfect blend of the creativity and brand that you referenced earlier, the, the performance measurability of demand generation. Part of it honestly starts with a conversation with in investors and executives. Number one, it's making sure that we're aligned that this world of immediate short-term gratification and short-term growth is no longer available to us as marketers uh, and as professionals. And it's really going back to those tried and true long-term growth and sustainable uh, sort of levers. And out of home is quite literally the number one broadcast channel to do that, to build trust uh, and to engage with multiple stakeholders or multiple pieces of your consumer, your consumers. That starts there. And the reason I say that is because this word brandformance, right? Which is brand and performance kind of <laughs> together, clearly. I don't think I had to define that, but there I did. I did. <laughs> is has to be, there has to be alignment because here's what happens. And I will tell you, I'm a founder, I'm a salesperson. And I guess I'm maybe, I know enough about marketing to be a little bit dangerous, but I'll tell you this, 
is that the constant battle of marketing having to prove things work and investors and executives being like, we need to make sure our unit economics work. It's taking a step back and thinking about who are the constituents, who are the people we're trying to influence and like what actually will work and resonate with these people. B2B, it's a classic example. If you're looking to influence and if you're a B2B company selling into the enterprise, and this is almost word for word from some of our uh, clients, you're influencing multiple stakeholders. You cannot reach these people with just digital advertising, right? What is the ultimate broadcast medium? It is literally a billboard. And the idea here is that even if you're selling into the IT manager, the CEO is typically going to also have a say in buying this particular product. If the CEO has seen you in an airport ad when they're traveling, uh, you know, first class, right? Because airport ads are literally the most trustworthy format within out of home. Hmm. Uh, or if uh, there's other folks in the C-suite that have seen your billboards around their market, around their city, right? That brand recognition and authority and trust is going to help uh, basically build that case internally uh, amongst all those th those stakeholders. It also helps you break through the clutter compared to your competitors, right? Then you quite literally have B2B businesses who sell into folks that just cannot be accessed through digital ads. My CTO is one of those people. If you're selling to an engineer, someone in product, they have every blocker on the planet. Andre, our CTO, brilliant guy. He's like, you can't get me online. I was like, well, I, you can't block a billboard. So that's one way to do it. And don't get any ideas, CTO. <laughs> exactly, right? So we're just hearing that kind of shift in, okay, we know this is going to work long-term, but by the way, we're also able to generate, I mean, having a billboard and doing a campaign does generate immediate results. It's just like that connotation of out of home being this sort of like black hole of the unknown. And we really truly are trying to change that. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I, you know, God bless marketers selling to engineers and CTOs. I, <laughs> I, our engineering team and uh, product and engineering leader, same way. It's, uh, you know, all the different browsers and different ad blocks. It's, yeah, that's a good point there. All right. I've got maybe a little bit of a curveball for you here, but you've mentioned throw it playbooks changing this year. And I agree, like a lot of the, kind of traditional B2B playbook, at least is changing. But it's interesting, you you, you mentioned you uh, kind of cut your teeth in your career at HubSpot, who built the inbound playbook, right? I think one of the playbooks that everybody adopted and now is being maybe questioned or talked about being questioned more than any others. How did that experience maybe forge your uh, marketing career? And then like the inbound playbook and, and that's changing moving forward, like kind of your thoughts on uh, what has worked in the past versus yeah. what might might or might not work in the future? It's a great question. And to be clear, I was not on the marketing team. However, when you, and I was very fortunate to have that experience and work with brilliant people who really set the stage for uh, for other SaaS businesses and obviously the methodology around inbound marketing, but you do learn through osmosis, right? And what I'll tell you, number one, also I to bring this back to, to out of home a little bit, there is a huge opportunity. This methodology that we're bringing to the market is brand new to out of home. That inbound marketing sort of methodology that really was unknown in 2008, mm -hmm. that the core early marketing team at HubSpot, they, they pioneered. They are the architects of it. This is what we're trying to do, right? We are going to be the architects. We are 
of how to do out of home properly. But what I will say is that it's interesting. I think I'd be lying and anyone else would be lying if they tell you that they figured out the current state of marketing. We're really in this purgatory. We're in flux, right? No one has figured it out. This world of inbound, how SEO is going to work, how AI is going to play into that. Also, gated content versus ungated content. Are people really downloading white papers like they did in 2011? I'd receive a lead that someone downloaded the Inbound Marketing 101 ebook. Are people really digesting and wanting ebooks? But how do you balance gated content versus not gated content if the idea is to actually generate leads? But how do you make information accessible to people? I think it all goes back fundamentally to content education, period. And whether that's blog posts or social or building community, I'll give a shout out to uh, Mark Killen's attack uh, was one of those early HubSpot guys who uh, is now basically pioneering community marketing uh, or people led marketing, right? And growth coincides with out of home quite a bit because you build community by fostering engagement with people. For us, we're doing that with, with real world engagement because marketers especially love hearing and learning from other marketers. So, but what it comes down to fundamentally is education. And that's what he's building. And that's what we're trying to do, right? Is educating people on how to do things the right way. So regardless of gating content uh, or not, uh, to me, fundamentally, it's being a source of truth for your subject matter, for what you're solving for. I don't know if that helps answer your question. Yeah, I think, look, I think about marketing is not ever going away, um, very long on hubs. But yeah, look, we're experiencing this ourselves. We look, we drink our own champagne here. We 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 do out of home ourselves. We're going to be doing more of it. It's part of our marketing budget in 2024. Uh, it's a good chunk of it. And we also create content. And we're also trying to figure out that balance of gated versus ungated versus product-led versus community-led. But part of this is testing and figuring out what works and, and kind of iterating from there. I swear this wasn't a trick question, but we we have a report on gated versus ungated content and the performance we see across our platform. So I'll be sure to drop that in the show notes as well. And we are also big Mark Killens fans. Uh, Tack is a partner nice. of ours too. Yeah, people, Mark is people great. first. Yeah, uh, I believe we are ha actually having a uh, a dinner with some other folks down at uh, BDBMX in Phoenix. Yeah, Mark, great to see you in Phoenix. But yes, in the gated versus ungated, actually it's because of your content and it had me thinking about it and it has us thinking about it a little bit more. That's awesome. All right. In five sentences or less, give us your hot take for 2024 and B2B marketing. Testing channels uh, is going to be a must. Testing channels in a data-driven way to be able to actually learn quickly and iterate on the fly is going to be very important. I think that I said this before, leadership, uh, investors are going to have to really think long and hard about specific unit economics uh, and reasons and, and how the business is going to grow and kind of come to grips with the inability to drive short-term growth like we had in the past decade. That's going to be critical. And there may be some pain we feel along the way because of that. But I think 2024, you're going to see sort of this like real shift in a lot of these marketers discovering channels that they've never been, never done before. I'll leave you with this. 
whether it's out of home, linear TV, direct mail, radio, what's old is new again. One of the best campaigns we ran at the company I was at most uh, recently prior to the juice, the best campaign we ran was a fax campaign and it was intentionally old school. And, uh, you know, I don't even think you could run it anymore because fax machines are so extinct, but you know, five or six years ago, if you got a fax, it got your attention because it was uh, on its way out. You're like, who is still faxing? So I love that insight. And I would encourage uh, marketers to get, get weird in 2024. I love that. Again, what's old is new again. And there's an opportunity with that to be to have first mover advantage for marketers. And that is something that is critical uh, for market share. Absolutely. Well, cool, Greg. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, as I mentioned, the nine priorities for the modern marketer in 2024 will be in the show notes. Would encourage you to check that out. One Screen is also participating with us in the Active Campaign Leap Day Extravaganza. Alex is going to be a guest of ours uh, in one of their sessions. It is a 29-hour virtual streamed event. Speaking of getting weird, we're doing it on Leap Day with Active Campaign. Uh, we'll link that in the show notes, and you can listen to Alex from the uh, One Screen team as well. Greg, thank you for joining us. Really fun conversation. If you're a modern day marketer, I'd encourage you to think differently about uh, traditional playbooks in 2024. Out of home isn't scary. It isn't intimidating. I promise it's fun. It's exciting uh, and it works and it's now measurable with one screen. So thanks again, Greg, for the conversation. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me.